Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to the Orange is a New Black podcast, coming live to you from across the pond. My guy, Zim Uday, my co-host, is actually live right now in London for the Bengals game. I'm your host, Ace Boogie. My co-host is Zim. You can find this podcast on all platforms, whether it's in the Apple iTunes or podcast store, whether that's on Stitcher, Spotify, whatever you subscribe to, you can find us under the name Cincy Jungle. Our titled episodes start with Orange is the New Black, the acronym. So you can find us there. Be sure to leave us a rating, leave us a listen. You can find Zim on Instagram at Zim underscore Hude. You can find me on New Stripe City on YouTube. That is the channel. Zim. What is it feeling like over there? You got on a flight to travel all the way to London to see who they in the UK. Got on a flight to catch an L. How does that feel? <laughs> Someone asked me that earlier today. But no, it feels great, man. Like, um, I haven't ran into any Bengals fans yet because I had a really, really big uh, delay on a flight coming here. So that wasn't fun, but it was a smooth flight. Got here safely. Everything's good. Everybody's been treating me well. I'm excited to to get into this thing and um, trying to mix it up with a bunch of people and see exactly um, what we could do to turn this thing around. Yeah, definitely. And if you're in the U.K. and you see my man Zim Hude, be sure to stop. And I know we've got a lot of U.K. Uh, listeners, so be sure to, to spot Zim, take a picture with him, uh, tag him, do anything that you can. We'd love to hear some feedback from the fans. So, Zim, one thing that we're going to do that's a little different today is uh, the other day we kind of took some questions, right? So if you're listening to this podcast, be sure that in the future to tweet us some of your questions. Um, I'm on Twitter at New Stripe City. He's on Twitter at Zim Hude. Um, so be sure to monitor those uh, those Twitter lines because there's going to be times where we actually post and let you guys answer questions or ask us questions rather than. So today we're going to do things a little bit different, and we're going to – answer some of your questions and we're going to kind of throw some of those on here so and i got a monkey wrench in there for you a i want to do this we're going to do this wrong all right so look i got a bunch of questions right and mm -hmm. ace doesn't know that i was going to do this. i got a bunch of questions that i'm going to ask ace off the cuff no re no rehearsing no pre anything we're just straight I'm, off the, the head. questions that he so look, so look, the questions that he's got, that he's already taken, he's already looked at. Ace probably thinks that he was going to answer it, and he probably put thought into it. But aha, I got you. 
I've got questions for you that I'm going to be giving you for fans off my Instagram and Twitter as well, and then you can shoot me the questions that you have. Because one thing that I haven't done is look on Twitter to even see those questions that you might already have. Okay, and cool. Then, and, but, but as we go, then we'll collectively answer them together. How do you feel about that? That's cool. Let's do it. All right, so you want to give me the first one or you want to go? Uh, I'll give you the first one. So John Myers, it looks like his Twitter name is Buckeyes0723. He asks, who is the most likely player to be dealt before the deadline, if any? He says that he would say that it's Cordy Glenn, but he's interested to hear what we think. Uh, the most likely candidate on a, on a, a functional franchise probably would be A.J. Green because he carries probably the most value. But in my eyes, based off of Carlos Dunlap, Carlos Dunlap's answer to, um, uh, I think he was talking to the media last week, Carlos Dunlap has made it seem like it's a business, and his agent let him know that they were actively in conversations with other teams. So that would be probably my, next, my number one. My number two would be Tyler Eifert. I keep on saying his name come across for like a third or a fourth round, or possibly the Seahawks. The 49ers are actively still looking as well. As you all know, or you may not know, Emmanuel Sanders was just traded to them uh, a couple of days ago. Um, but those are my two. Who do you guys? Uh, I think Cordy Glenn is definitely likely. I think uh, given the drama that happened from yeah. last week and given that there are some teams that might need a tackle, uh, I mean, probably not Cleveland just because Mike Brown doesn't like how they did his dad, but there's there's teams out there that need a tackle. And obviously – um, him and the Bengals are kind of at an impasse. They've been getting by without him anyway. Uh, why not get out of that contract? So I think Cordy Glenn um, as well as, as Tyler Eifert, like you said. Okay. All right. So let's go to the next question. I got one for you. This is a guy named Stevon underscore NC on Instagram, C-E-V-O-N underscore He listened to our show. He said, Ace, you were talking about Burrow. I mean, I'm sorry, Tua. He says, what about uh, Jalen Hurts? He's doing better than the past two Heisman winners, first overall picks without the studs. They got drafted this year and the year before. So I guess he's just trying to say he's playing better than uh, Mayfield and Kyler Murray. And what do you feel about Jalen Hurts? Uh, I think Jalen Hurts is an interesting uh, prospect, right, because you guys know that I don't watch much college, but I did watch a few Alabama games while he was there. And to me, when I watched him in that system – um, he seemed like a guy that was running back playing quarterback. He didn't seem like too much of a polished quarterback. And obviously we know the whole story with Tua coming in, replacing him. Uh, but then he gets with the right coordinator at Oklahoma, and now he's kind of like blowing people blowing people out pretty much. He's like transformed into an amazing quarterback. Um, that to me – I'll say this. I think that it shows. But that, I, but I guess but I guess, so like I just want to say now Hurst is maybe maybe the leading for the Heisman Trophy right now currently him and maybe Burrow. Um, but this, I guess this question more so was what do you feel about them drafting him in the first round? Like say that they I'm gonna throw a wrench in there. Say they make a move and trade down and pick up another extra first or extra second or something like that. And then because in the scenario I think he's trying to paint is say that we're not in the top three. And they were number four. Mm-hmm. And now a lot of people are comparing Hurts to, like, Lamar Jackson now. So right. what do you feel about picking up Hurts? Like, I'm going to rephrase that. What do you feel about Hurts later on in the first round and then maybe, um, you know, like early on in, if, the, if the original first round pick, picking up somebody like 
uh, Chase Young or something incredible if he was still there? I think like somebody for, for me right now, I would say that I believe that Jalen Hurts may be more of a product of the system at Oklahoma. Um, I wouldn't mind taking him in the second round. First round for me would be a bit of a stretch just because I need to see more of him uh, playing like how he is now versus what I saw from Alabama. So, to me, I think I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I, I would feel way more comfortable with second-round pick Jalen Hurts. Okay, cool. All right, what you got for me? Let's see. Uh, it's funny that you say that because I actually – I received these questions, but I haven't actually reviewed them. So it, it is kind of oh, still like cool. a little bit of a, a freestyle here. I, so saw, the next I one, saw them coming through. I saw them coming through Twitter. All right, like, let me see. I got I got one ready for you right now. Yeah, I got I got one. I got one from DJ okay, Aluso45. He says, with Sanua Sanders being moved to contenders, do you see the Bengals parlaying A.J. Green? My heart says that they shouldn't, but my mind says pull the trigger if they get some prime draft picks in return. Um, Because of the franchise being so in front of this thing, and Zach Taylor, like, blatantly coming out and just saying, like, straight up we're not trading A.J., it really puts the pressure on opposing teams that were that may still even like you know like in my world in the business world I guess that I live in. If someone says that, that just means that the offer is even steeper. No, it's not off the table because imagine somebody walking in saying, "Well, I need five first round draft picks for AJ Green." Like you know, like Mike Brown, you could talk all the crap you want about him. He makes that deal every time. And I'm not right. saying that anybody will offer anything crazy like that. But because the Bengals are so out in front of this, I just moved past the whole thought of, no, if most of you at the same age as A.J. Green just got a second, which is really like a third for the Patriots because they draft so high in the, um, I mean, I'm sorry, so low in the second, it's really like a third. If A.J. Green is not as healthy and he's the same age, I just don't see him getting more than like a high second uh, low first from a in, in a low first would be like a team like the 49ers and they've already made a trade for it, um, you know, for Emmanuel Sanders. So they already got their big time wide receiver that they need. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I just don't see it. Uh, I don't see it. If, if the deal was right, I would, I would be with it. But I think A.J. Green over the last two, three weeks, I've just grown accustomed to we're overvaluing a lot of these players because of what they've done for us. And Geno Atkins, I still feel that way, Ace. You know, I'm a still, I feel like you're overvaluing him in 2019. And a lot of GMs around the league are saying the same thing. It's like the Carlos Dunlop deal was supposed to happen behind the scenes is the word that I got when I got to London. But they're just valuing Carlos Dunlop way higher than what everybody else does. And the contract is too, too lucrative, and nobody wants to touch it. So A.J. Green is kind of like the same thing. But the thing is, if they don't extend them, I just feel like it's just a waste, and I'm like, and it, it, it's it's a tough decision because moving forward, yeah, no, both circumstances. If you don't get a quarterback, you need AJ Green there to bail out your boy Dalton one more time, and that's a crazy scenario where they don't get a quarterback for the gold family or whatever. I don't. Know. But then the other scenario is with a brand new uh, quarterback. Yeah, I want the best guys there that can help this guy succeed early on. He says, one thing that I, w- I watched a little bit of that Haskins game or whatever, that's what happens when you give a, a, a brand-new quarterback that probably doesn't have the upside that we're talking about with a guy that we like and you don't support it. So I just, I just the A.J. Green thing, I just think he's going to be around. I don't think, I think they might do like a one-year 
and just extending that just so they can see again, just like how they did with Eifert and, and then keep it moving from there. The okay. next question that I have, did you have any thoughts on the AJ Green thing? Nah, you pretty much wrapped them up. Yeah, that's tough. It, it's, it's a tough thing because you don't know what they're going to extend them to. And it just doesn't, it's like, you, it's hard to pay them over $12 million for somebody that can't get healthy. All right, my next question is from my man Diddy2285 on Instagram. Um, he was saying that Eifert, would you take a third? Oh, he said, would you take a third for Eifert? And then, secondly, would you go and try to go get O.J. Howard? Uh, I would not try to get O.J. Howard. Um, I would take that third for Eifert because Eifert isn't even being used in this offense. Um you know, if this is any indication of what Eifert's role is going to be in the Zach Taylor offense, then he is not valuable to this offense. It's almost kind of ridiculous, especially with a lot of the receivers going down. You would think that he would play a bigger role in the offense, and he still isn't. Um, so if you can get something for Eifert, I definitely think that you look and give New Orleans or the Patriots a call and, and try to get him shipped over there so that he can go out and actually contribute on the field. Okay. So the next one I have for you, this one is a little bit of a twist. It comes from Mike Sands, uh, 22 on Twitter. He asks, obviously the Jonah injury has caused a domino effect, but if he hadn't been injured, how good or bad do you think we could have been going into week eight? Uh, Jonah Williams plays, I think that's good to me for another win or two in these tight games. The four games that I point to, uh, you know, the Bills, the Ravens, uh, who who do we uh, the Seahawks? Who's the team? The Cardinals? Who do we play last week? <laughs> uh, last week we played the Jaguars. the Jaguars. So so those five games we were within striking distance to win the game. And at the end of the day, the the last drive I always point to Dalton failed on all five of those games. Right when we got to the end of the game, we were fever. We need a score to do this or whatever. But part of that is because the pass rush is absolutely getting there and don't see those and you don't have a sweet line, you don't have enough time. So I think one of those games, yes, yeah, instead of 0 7, he'd be 1 6, maybe with a gentleman. But this is another thing somebody pointed out to me today is like, I think a lot of Bengals fans, we're getting past the fact that there are a shitload of injuries right now. Like, there's a lot of guys. Like, even at Jaguars games, for them to play like that without Dunlap and all these guys, I mean, it, it really was a good effort. I really appreciate that. And I think last week I wanted to tell you that, too. We didn't really highlight as much as I wanted to. I was thinking I was talking about how Tony McRae was that. But Brandon Wilson was awesome. He's now, like, leading the league in kick returns. Um, and there were a lot of good highlights from last week. And yeah. I, I just don't think that Jonah Williams gives them more than another win in any of those games. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. I think, um, you know, yeah, Jonah Williams would help, but as we talked about last week, like in recent weeks, the Bengals' offensive line uh, from a pass-blocking perspective hasn't been um, what they mirrored in that Pittsburgh game, right? So you insert a Jonah Williams there, you still, I think, have the issues of Andy Dalton, uh, you know, throwing turnovers and, you know, missing receivers, errant passes, because these are things that he's done with a clean pocket, right? Um, so I don't think he fixes the Andy Dalton problem. Okay. Um, uh, it's a guy I want to shout out to for the next question. His name is Odak DZE. He said, um, 
he just appreciated our show. He he said he, he appreciates the content, and he actually is in London, so I'm supposed to link up with this guy DZE. So DZE, if you're listening, uh, we appreciate you too. Uh, the next question I have is Rocky Mountain underscore who they say they trade down or grab a defensive player in the first. Who do you like for a second round quarterback? We kind of talked about that a little bit, but go ahead. Hmm, that's a good question. So he's basically saying that we're going to take like a Chase Young or maybe one of those corners or that corner from Ohio State or, or, or something like that. I think an even better question, too, along with that is, too, because the guy from Georgia, the tackle, I think his last name is Thomas, but he's really, really, really good. So mm-hmm. you talk about fixing the line. Like, he's there at the number three, four pick. Go get him. Or a defensive player, like this question is saying. But if they elite prospect, is there. Right. Who do you like for a second-round quarterback? Uh, second round, so if the Bengals do go through that scenario, I think that you have to start looking at uh, maybe a Jake Fromm. I'm not sure if they still think he's going to go in the first or not, but if he slips to the second, I think you look at him. I think you look at Zim's guy, Jordan Love. I think he would be an excellent yep. prospect to, to uh, take in the second round. And I think that uh, going back to Jalen Hurts, I think you also have to take a look at Jalen Hurts. So I think those three guys uh, would be who you would look for. Uh, but I will say I think that it would be a huge mistake if the Bengals don't take a quarterback in the first round. Um, you know, if they wait until the second round and the guy doesn't work out, you're in the same situation uh, that you, you've essentially been in since 2011. So – and, and when I say that, I mean that your ceiling, unless you do get it like a Jordan Love who could have a higher ceiling, but I think your ceiling is somewhat limited when you're taking that guy in the second round, right? You're basically banking on that guy to be Drew Brees or Andy Dalton. And uh, nine times out of ten, I don't have the numbers to show it, but I'm pretty sure if you take a quarterback in the first round versus the second round, your chances of finding an elite guy or a guy that has potential to be elite is more so better off with you taking that quarterback in the first round, especially if you're in the top five, which I think the Bengals, in my opinion, it would be crazy if they aren't locked in for the top five right now. All right, so now I got my next question for you. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, someone says, "What do you, uh, this is Josh Potter underscore 18. Um, he says, what do you feel about the other Callahan? I think that's uh, Brian Callahan's father, the Red, who's currently the Redskins interim, who's not doing well, I guess, right now, but he's inherited a very, very volatile team. Things aren't looking good. What do you think about him replacing Jim Turner and then Rex Ryan as you can support him? Uh, I'm good with uh, Callahan replacing Jim Turner for sure. I think we all wanted uh, – Bill Callahan to be the guy initially, right? I saw reports where he might get head coach consideration, but I think we should bring him in as the offensive line coach. I think that that's an obvious pick, and that's actually something that can realistically happen with him having ties to not only his son, but also Zach Taylor. Um, I think that that's something that needs to be a slam dunk, and I think it was kind of blocked essentially by Washington earlier on. I don't I I think it was. I think that there was speculation that they kept him from coming to Cincinnati, so Cincinnati had to go in another direction. I can't confirm that, but I think that that was um some of the speculation out there. In terms of Rex Ryan, um I probably wouldn't hire Rex Ryan as the defensive coordinator, but I think that this defense does need to switch to a 3-4. I think the personnel that they have actually better fits a 3-4 versus the 4-3 that they've kind of been running. 
Um, so I think that that is actually um, a good point that he brings up there. Uh, Rex Ryan, I mean, yeah, he knows defense. I'm not sure. I mean, honestly, thinking about it, I wouldn't mind it, but I think Rex Ryan is kind of looking for a new coaching position because if Rex Ryan – and when I say coaching position, I mean head coach because if Rex Ryan – there's no way no one has offered Rex Ryan a, a defensive coordinator position. So it seems that he's chosen to do the broadcasting thing because he's holding out for another head coaching gig. So I just don't think that it's, it, it's possibly realistic. Uh, but I do like the idea of switching to the 34. What about you, Zim? Yeah, I love the idea of switching to the 34 as well. Um, Rex Ryan is a DC. In a weird way, I think it will work. But I just think people really are looking for results like right away, and I don't think you're going to get the immediate results because there's going to be another transition where Rex is going to want to get his guys. You know what I'm saying? So it's like from the defensive standpoint, I've seen enough this year where I feel like the defense can keep us in games and we can be a playoff contending team. And I'm banking on a elite quarterback and a elite uh, offensive play calling system that's going to take us to the next level and possibly going to bring that. The other way, in in my way, I feel it's like a two to three year plan. That Rex Ryan way, I just don't think that Zach Taylor has enough time because it's just transition things and stuff. No, I don't think it would work. He could convert to a three four, but they would have to nail this draft. Right, right. I agree. I I agree with you on Lou. I don't think I don't think you necessarily need to walk away from Lou. Like after this first year, I think the defense is doing enough to where he deserves to at least get a second stab at it. Like, it's not like Terrell Austin last year where it was just a complete disaster and you knew for a fact that there needed to be a change um, in that area. So I think that they should give Lou another shot. Um, do we have any other questions? You know, you, know the unfair, you know the unfair part about it, too, though, is that when this thing starts to go really, really bad and we're talking like – I, I'm, I, I feel so terrible that I want us to lose or whatever, but at the same time, like, you know, there's this period where they are going to be like, you know, maybe 1-11 or, you know, 1-10, whatever, right? right? That's when they're going to start scrutinizing the defense and looking at it on the microscope. And, it, and it's crazy because I'll be pointing to all of the games that we had thus far and say, yeah, out of these eight games, we could be, you know, 4-4, uh, four four, you know, five and three, you know, and, and then the defense won't think of that. But I, no one's going to remember that when they were – like when we get towards the end of the season and they're really playing bad and players start to check out, they're just going to look at the product on the field and be like, get it out of here, burn it all down, and it doesn't have to be that way. And that's the sad part of it. Yeah, and I, I think that you're going to start seeing – and I, I, I can see this as clear as day. A lot of the Dalton lovers – what they're trying to do right now, and I use that term Dalton lovers that Zim, my man Zim created, a lot of them are trying to hide behind this whole notion of the Bengals should draft um, should draft uh, the Ohio State edge rusher, Chase Young. He should get drafted. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a can't-miss prospect. Like, you're just saying that because you're thinking in your sick and twisted mind of a way that you can keep Andy Dalton here next year. There is no bigger need. Uh, for this team other than quarterback. And these Dalton lovers that are getting behind that, just be upfront about it. Just say that you're only saying that because <laughs> you want in some weird way 
Dalton to get yet another shot. And this is my thing. I'm going to go off on a tangent real quick, Zim. I'm sorry. No, don't go on a tangent. <laughs> I, I got to talk about this, right? Because, look, because I can see a scenario where they drive Chase Young. But go ahead. I can see it, but and this I wouldn't is, be mad. This is what I'm going to say. You got Geno Atkins. You know, we know what Geno can do. You're still on 7 Chase Young isn't changing that. But I say that to say this. City of Cincinnati, Bengals fans, who are loyal to the Cincinnati, have ties to the, to the city of Cincinnati, think about this before you defend Andy Dalton. The Bengals, whether you believe it or not, they have a contract that's up in 2026. They right now are near the bottom of the league for attendance. The Bengals aren't making money in Cincinnati, and it's because they're putting out a product on the field that fans are just agitated with and they don't believe in. Keeping Andy Dalton is not going to change that. And you guys being loyal to Andy Dalton over your actual franchise in the end can lead to us losing our franchise. If you keep Andy Dalton, you might as well say that the Bengals are going to eventually get sold or they're going to move away from the city of Cincinnati. Is that what you really want? Is you being loyal to Andy Dalton really going to be worth it if the team moves from the city of Cincinnati? That's what you're signing yourself up for when you say these these crazy things like the Bengals should draft Chase Young. Chase Young isn't fixing anything like that, bro. He's not. Like, he's an amazing player. Don't get me wrong. Amazing player. But let, let me say this. Think about J.J. Watt when the Texans had J.J. Watt, right? The Texans were, were decent, but one thing that held them back was the quarterback position, and they weren't able to do anything. They had him – they had the guy that they just traded, Clowney. They had all of that. They couldn't do anything because Brian Hoyer was their quarterback. They couldn't get the quarterback position right. They spent several years trying to get it right. As soon as they got Deshaun Watson, what happened? It was a complete, complete 180. They were successful. They didn't need to depend on J.J. Watt and things of that nature. That's what the Bengals need. They need something that's going to bring the fans back into those seats. And believe it or not, Dalton supporters, you guys are the minority right now. And so in order for them to build up those seats in PBS, in order for them to regain their, their fans and to put this franchise back in the running for staying in Cincinnati for the foreseeable future, you need to move on from Andy Dalton because if that team moves away from Cincinnati, we are not going to get one back. The NFL is not going to say – Let's go back to Cincinnati when they can go into markets like they have with L.A., Las Vegas, all of these markets where people are going to spend more money and go to games and do these things. It can happen. That's all I had to say about that. I just wanted to put that out there because we haven't really talked about that's really why I want us to move on from Andy Dollar. I don't want the Bengals to leave Cincinnati. So I just wanted to say that. But let me rope it back in. Zim, obviously, you're in London. We're taking on the Rams. What are you looking forward to in this game? Yeah, in this game, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I got, I got a question. I got, a, I got a couple more questions. Hold on. Okay. Well, all right. I do want to say this though before we go on front to the next segment part. I can see this in a scenario like all right that we just had 2011 where they got AJ Green and Dalton, right? That's not ideal, and the chances of hitting are not as high. But this quarterback pool is a lot deeper than some of the ones in the past. So we're talking about somebody like Hurts. Um, like, say Hurts was playing, like, the level he's playing at right now. 
he would have got drafted the same way that Haskins got drafted at the end of the first, the same way that Lamar got drafted at the end of the first, um, you know, the, the year before that. So those two quarterbacks are really good examples of when the pool is, like, really, really small. Um, and then, you know, they just kind of get kicked to the back because nobody really wants to take that chance. This upcoming year, I feel like there's so many quarterbacks that could go. There are about five or six that I feel like they're going to go first round. And somebody like a love could get pushed to the second, and I wouldn't be opposed to it. But the problem is the percentage of hitting is very, very small. Because the, the one of the questions that I have is, my guy, woke hit. And it's funny you just said it exactly how you said it. He says, what if we trade Geno um, or A.J. Green for first and then go get – now, there, you said that you're not watching college uh, football as much. There are two wide receivers that are A.J. Green level. But keep in mind, they're 20, 21 years old. One is the kid Lamb from Oklahoma. The other one is Judy from uh, from Alabama. They're both believed to be uh, can't miss wide receiver prospects. He says, what if you go and get one of them guys early on, and then you go to the second round, um, just like we did, or because you just traded to get that extra first-round pick, you then come back and go get the quarterback that you want mid to end of the first-round quarterback. Do you, do you, like, I know what you, your thoughts that you just said, Mm-hmm. And you know you still got Finley and Dolagala that can be formidable if possible. And you mm-hmm. still got Dalton there uh, ready to do S trade bait at any given moment. Could mm-hmm. anyone play you on something like that? Uh, I just think, man, I just think for this team, it's hard to – let me say this. I'm not opposed to trying to, to trade those guys to get – you know, a better first-round draft pick. Well, I can't really get behind. I understand that the draft class is deep, right? I can't get behind passing on a quarterback in the top five. I just can't see them them doing that and it working out well for them. Now, yes, they did that in the draft in 2011, um, but you have to think about the circumstances in that draft class when it came upon them. Uh, Cam Newton, although he was the number one pick, uh, around that time, it wasn't like he was just a surefire, you know, first pick overall. That quarterback class was actually pretty weak. Um, so when you look at it from that perspective, it was like it was still being debated on who was going to go as the number one pick. Like they were even thinking about Carolina was even thinking about potentially taking AJ Green there. I think in this in this draft class, there's several like can't miss quarterbacks in there. I think you've got Tua. I think you've got Burrow. You know, you talk about uh, Herbert being the guy that, if he would have came out last year, would have been possibly the number one pick and was widely considered the number one quarterback. So, you, for me, I just can't swallow passing on one of those guys and, you know, taking one of the lesser tier guys. Now, that doesn't mean that someone taking later, like you mentioned, Lamar Jackson, and uh, you talk about Dak Prescott and stuff like that. Yeah, that's possible. That could happen. But when yeah, you're in that number eleven, let's keep that in perspective. People a lot of people been messaging me that and I'm pretty sure they've been messaging you but was drafted number eleven. He did he was in top three eight. That's true. I mean that's that's true. That's a that's a valid point. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson, right, he should have definitely have been taken as the first quarterback in that draft class. But I think with these guys you're not going to I think people are also gonna realize like I talked to my dad last night. And one of the things that 
a lot of people aren't realizing is a lot of people are still operating in an outdated system. The mobile quarterback now is running the league. Yeah. And if you want to yeah. still be that pocket guy and stuff like that, that's not how the NFL is working anymore. Like Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, you know, Andrew Luck even used a scramble a little bit, Aaron Rodgers, like even Pat Mahomes can run, right? Like these are guys that you have to consider. And, like, if you got one that's in that top five pick, you got to take them. Like you got to take them. I don't trust this front office to be like, I know who the right guy is in the second round. I don't trust them yeah. because as much as you guys want to say, well, they got Andy Dalton, A.J. Green made Andy Dalton look a lot better than he really was. So, Judy, Judy, I love Judy. I love some of the guys you mentioned. I don't want to set myself up for that anymore. I want to have a stud receiver, and I want to have a stud quarterback. Why can't I have both? And that's why I want yeah. us to keep that first pick as a quarterback. It has to be quarterback. It has to be. Okay, so do you hear that, people? Don't come to Ace talking that crap, talking about, you know, yeah, I'm wanting an offensive line and all that stuff. He's, he's already on the edge. Hey, offensive alignment makes no <laughs> sense, bro. Offensive alignment you push makes him, sense. he's not playing. And this is why offensive alignment does not make sense. You just took – you literally just took Jonah Williams, who's your left tackle. He was penciled in as the left tackle day one. You do not take a right tackle in the top three. You don't do that. Yeah. Like any that's that's draft like that is draft mm-hmm. law. You do not take right. a right tackle in the top three or the top five. You don't do that. It's not a premium position. I mean, I don't know what the new with the new NFL. I, I, I don't know. You, it's so many different things. We'll address that coming up for for another show. I'm sorry. I, I just wanted to make sure I got some of the questions, and I forgive anybody that didn't get a chance to get their question heard. We will continue to do Q and A's coming up. But Ace asked me a very important question that we cannot uh, skip over right now. Currently, do actually, what do I expect from the Bengals and the Rams coming up Sunday? I expect the Rams to absolutely to manhandle the Bengals and probably win in the in the sum was probably two scores. Um, I'm saying that because early on they had a three uh, three game losing streak. The Rams did, where they had this period where uh, they were still trying to get Gurley back into the field of things and everything like that. I think they got over that hump last week when they absolutely destroyed the Falcons. I feel like the Falcons are probably one step uh, ahead of the Bengals um, as far as the overall team and health perspective. Um, but if someone asked me this because I, I told you this the other day. Uh, if you were another team, I love looking at it from this perspective. If you're another team, how are you looking directly at the Bengals? How do you explore them and different things like that? I will say this. The Rams are adapting to some things that we kind of are. They had their center retire in the offseason. They had their left guard, um, or do I have it backwards? The left guard or the center retired, and they got replacement second-year guys in there. As a result, they've seen the performance from their overall team suffer. I think last week was their first week where they put all those things together, and I think they get the rolling. One thing that I do think they're going to miss a lot, though, is Clay Matthews, who has six sacks on the season. He's still going to be out for this upcoming game. I haven't seen their full injury report, but Jalen Ramsey absolutely makes them 10 times better in the secondary. So with that being said, I don't see any matchups that I think the Bengals can exploit. Um, Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown, those two alone, just catching out the backfield. I think if you're Sean McVay, 
you got to give it to them in open space, test these linebackers on the, on the boundaries like teams do every single week. If you try to come with a power game, the Bengals will absolutely stop that. Um, but other than that, I have no faith in anything that the Bengals can probably do. What do you say, Ace? <laughs> uh, I think this is an open and shut game. I think that, like you said, it's the Rams going against their own offense, right? This is probably what they've practiced in against day in, day out in training camps, except that this offense isn't as good. So I think that, like you said, the Bengals aren't going to have any matchups that they win. Um, they'll be lucky if this game is close. Uh, obviously, the Rams have struggled as well. I don't know if it's due to that offense not working anymore, like Zim alluded to in earlier podcasts. Maybe the league has caught on. But the Bengals lose this game, guys. Let's just be real. Um, they're going over to London. Uh, that'll probably bode well for them because they're not playing in front of a crowd that's going to boo them immediately. Uh, but I think that, you know, the Rams easily win this game. Okay. So with that said, I'm going to be working on my London accent, on my bollocks. <laughs> like, let me stop. <laughs> my wife says I'm absolutely an idiot, and she doesn't want to hear me work on anything because I've just been saying stupid stuff like my tally's are in the locker, all this stupid stuff that she doesn't understand. And frankly, I'm just making it up. But I am over the pond. I'm going to be meeting up with people if you are listening to this podcast tonight at the Admiral. Admirality, that's the pub that's going to be probably about 10 minutes from Wembley. I'm also going to try to make it to the uh, uh, Vintage Pop-Up. God, the name escapes me. me, I'm sorry, it's called National Vintage League. It's having a pop-up on game day. That's going to be 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. I'll be there. It's free entry. Um, If you guys want more information, hit me up. I'll be there as well. Uh, Tyler Boyd's having a signing on Saturday. I'll be there as well. So if you are in London and you're listening to this, please come through there, show us some love, uh, make sure you uh, reach out to me, and I'm going to sign everybody's stuff with Ace Boogie on it and just make believe that Ace is actually here. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, thanks, you guys, for tuning in. Uh, Zim, I wish you a safe trip and a safe flight back, brother. Hope you represent who they – well, actually, I don't even hope because I know you're going to represent who they nation right out there. Uh-huh. All right, then. We're out. Who they? Who they?